Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. We are bang in the middle of both half term and the Jubilee Bank Holiday Weekend in the UK. Um, We have been jigsaw puzzling this week together so far with kids clubs and swapping kids with friends. Um, But today we went to see Top Gun Maverick and oh, it was good. Um, Obviously, we made them watch the original first in preparation, but it just did not disappoint. I won't say any more about it, but I do feel about 103. Now I've looked up that Tom Cruise was 24 in the original Top Gun. Uh, Yeah, it feels like at the moment the kids are getting to an age where we're going kind of full circle. They're doing things that I can really remember doing. Like, the song came on the radio and it had the word sex in it and Mabel, like, at that point, hummed it. And I can remember, let's talk about sex and sitting in the car with my mum and going, let's talk about... Maybe, and it, I just feel old. Anyway, I have to let you know I have partaken in a couple of gin and tonics, and then remembered that I need to record this. So excuse me, but right, let's make this quick. Uh, we are continuing our fatherhood episodes of the podcast ahead of Father's Day on the nineteenth of June. If you go to don'tbuyherflowers.com, we've some really excellent gifts. We've got food and drinks and grooming products and books and socks and loads of excellent things. And you can put them all together, create a completely bespoke package for any dads in your life. For this episode, I am talking to Jimmy Famarewa. Jimmy is the Evening Standard Chief Food Critic and a judge of MasterChef and Jamie Oliver's Great Cookbook Challenge. He's also a husband and dad of two. And we talk about the balance at home, the role of dads, how it's changed, uh, what he learned from his mum, who I should mention has appeared in a Don't Buy Her Flowers ad before, as Jimmy's sister-in-law, Nick, is our social media manager, who we love. We like to keep it in the family. Um, I also asked Jimmy a few questions about being a food critic, which frankly sounds like an excellent job. Um, And also whether they eat all the meals on MasterChef, which I've always wanted to know what happens behind the scenes. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, That's my dishwasher kicking off in the background. And um, I always love to hear from you. We're looking ahead to the next series. So any thoughts and suggestions, ping them to me at podcast at don'tbuyherflowers.com. Right, let's chat with Jimmy. I wanted to to talk to you a bit about I've got a load of career stuff to ask and loads yeah, of yeah, I'm yeah. fascinated by what might happen behind the scenes of cooking yeah. food programs. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. with the um with the family stuff, mm. 
so what is you've got two children yeah yeah and what, what ages are they uh dylan and remy so they are um five uh remy's five and uh dylan is nine uh Ooh. yeah so yeah i don't know it's always that weird thing you always like compare don't you like mm. when you've got friends that have got younger kids and like they're further along or people that have got three and it's like yeah, oh yeah. Well, you've got a baby in the mix or whatever like it's yeah. always um yeah i feel like we're in uh, i don't know you always judge it by what do you judge it by how things like car are? journeys yeah how <laughs> knackered you are but holidays. things like car journeys travel holidays yeah. yeah you know you get those little moments where suddenly it feels quite manageable and it seems quite calm. Yes. And uh, I think, you know, my wife and I, we do kind of register that and look at each other and we're like, oh my God, this is actually really good. But you always feel like, yeah, you always feel like you're in the, in the especially challenging and difficult bit of it. And then when you've got friends that are kind of coming up behind you in terms of that earlier stage you sort of it is always hilarious that you're kind of like oh yeah we're the old veterans now and kind of like you know meeting friends recently that've got a five-month-old and and yeah it's it's very strange but no it's yeah they are yeah five five and nine and so I I I think that's a good age I think so yeah I've got 11 and a nine and then mm. a, a four and a half year old. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and the four and a half year old is still pretty hard work. <laughs> like I I think I'd forgotten because everyone talks about terrible twos and like three nagers, but four, four is still, they're still a bit yeah. nuts. Yeah, so, oh, Lego. God, he's yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah. into Lego men, right? And Ninjago, which oh god, yeah, yeah my yeah. older one, I can remember my because I've got boy girl boy, and my middle yeah. ones, she was she's not so into Lego, but <laughs> it, we're going through the same phases. It's like a deja vu. It's so yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, and those, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I can. Yeah, that must be. Yeah, four and five, I reckon as well you know there is still a lot going on there's you know, there's moments yeah there's there's moments of calm but yeah like yeah. you know Remy is you know very uh forthright and kind of rules the house really <laughs> like but very different to their brother and like Dylan is um maybe a little bit more like quieter in some ways and considered very into Lego very into Minecraft and things like right. that um uh Remy's born a boy very femme though like kind of you know kind of into flamboyant kind of traditionally gendered female things which right. you know um which is its own sort of fun amazing journey actually yeah, and it's yeah, been yeah. really nice to kind of have those different sides as well um yeah. but yeah I, I totally know what you mean in terms of it just feeling like it's repeating and also I'm just forgetting. I just, yeah. I feel so bad. Like, like other friends like look to you for advice and yeah. what do you do at this stage? And I just, uh, I don't, yeah, I just yeah. don't know if we were just kind of like, yeah, if you're just kind of tunnel vision or you do just forget, or if it's a kind of like survival strategy or coping Block it mechanism. Out. Yeah. Whereby you sort of let go of all that stuff when you get through to the next phase. So, yeah. so yeah. And I always feel like when there are people that, you know, that have had a third, uh, child and almost reset in that way. I'm always like, you know, uh, part admire, you know, ad- admire it, but also just kind relieved. of like, <laughs> yes, yeah, slightly relieved that it isn't that it isn't us. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna, so I was going to ask you about the juggle. So the impact of having kids, yeah, on the juggle with work, mm. relationship, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, I think it's, I think it's like it's been huge obviously and it, and 
I don't know how prepared you are for it. Like certainly like having children and, um, you know, the, the difficulties, the balance, the stresses, the, the, the sacrifices that you both jointly have to make and hopefully can like carve out a space where you can both feel that you are able to be professionally fulfilled, that you get breaks and, you know, and I feel like a lot of, a lot of what I do, I'm, I'm, I could definitely be better at it, but a lot of what I try to do is just to like recognize when like Madeline, my wife is just in need of a break, whether it's just like, you know, a, 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 day of it or it's all too much or it's getting too much with work or whatever does she work yeah well she's an artist yeah so she always um so actually when they were when they were younger um uh, she kind of worked from home and she had her own business and kind of made children's clothes like she had a little clothing brand for a while which did really well but then she um she's a prop maker and um so she worked for in workshops for a while and so she was freelance for a bit and now we're in a kind of third new phase where they're both at school yeah. and um we're both probably pursuing these kind of creative you know these long-held creative ambitions and that kind of brings with it its own kind of stresses and difficulties because you know I've been writing a book and I've been kind of sewing that headspace and Mads has been like a total sort of like had to live with this like book zombie who's kind of like just not really there and not really in the room but tries to be present and she's got you know this um this challenge of doing a MFA doing a fine art Um, masters and so yeah we're we're both sort of trying to balance that out really I guess from my point of view I think the greatest thing about being self-employed and working from home and being on hand for a lot of this stuff is that it's adaptable like I don't you know obviously the flip side of that is sometimes I have to I used to before the pandemic I'd you know have to travel for work and you know um, it'll be a little bit unbending in some ways or if you're filming it has to happen that day or whatever you can get kind of sucked into that zone and it has been um, you know it it was challenging to be writing a book and filming you know quite you know a big tv show like for like um four weeks was it towards the end of last year this is great cookbook challenge the um, jamie oliver show um so that was like a new challenge whereby and and also you're kind of in this in this professional space of oh yes we need to like bring you in and you're the talent and you know we'll send this you know taxi for you in the morning and oh what do you need you need a cup of tea and then you know on the other side of it like you know my (laughs) partner is having to like pick up the slack and like you know really kind of look after the kids so yeah for both of you that's difficult Mm. because then you walk in the door and you're like well I've had someone bringing me tea today yeah 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 you're like straight back into it yeah mostly it's guilt mostly it's just like I yeah I just feel it as just like and yeah, and just like missing being part of everything, really. But mm. um, I would say that that thankfully, you know, I've been I've been kind of properly freelance now, even though I've got the column um, uh, for uh, five or six years now, maybe even mm. longer. Yeah, maybe it's like seven years now, um, and that's just been one of the great joys of it as well. Just kind of being being able to to sort of drop in and absorb things here and there and they have swimming lessons on Friday nights now and so that if I'm able to 
take them to those like you know it's kind of just just being able to be on hand to do that and not being answerable to anybody really but me it's like a lovely thing and it does feel like a real a real privilege and I think you really recognize it when your kids are at school and there's there's world book day costumes and like every other day seems to be a topic day or something and there's all this stuff that you feel like is coming at you and yeah and you you sort of let slip maybe but you do you do get a sense or I get a sense of of what what a gift it is to be able to you know we live really close to the school we can walk to school like there's all these um there's all these little privileges that I think that 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 are kind of in a in a lot of our lives that we don't really realize and you know for for it's it's a real it's a real gift to be able to to work in this way really and kind of to be able to sort of be on hand for that stuff and feel that I am involved and engaged even though sometimes they're like oh my god daddy not you do you know what I mean like you're getting it in the neck like not you again or you're being yeah. played off um, as, it's yeah. intentional they do because my yeah, youngest yeah, does yeah. it but if I'm not there yeah. he is totally fine if he, <laughs> yeah, he knows yeah. I'm in the building it'll yeah. be like oh no I want mum or sometimes it'll be like no I want Jack. and you're like this, what is yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. obviously a yeah, thing yeah exactly yeah yeah just like masterfully playing playing with your emotions and yeah, playing each other yeah, off you yeah. you think you'd be sort of over that bit wouldn't you but no. but that is that that is another thing as well that again possibly it's on my mind just cuz a really good friend of mine has just had a baby and they're mm. kind of like navigating those those really early good. stages and you yeah. kind of start to think about what your experience was and the yeah. things that you saw or whatever and the things that you noticed and and I and I do I do remember it being a real thing with with um like as fathers there are a lot of things to sort of hide behind like you know work is one of them traditionally like you know whether your partner's breastfeeding like you know you're not able to to soothe in that same way oh they just want you like you know that kind of thing and and yeah I have sympathy because I recognize I remember that feeling of wanting to be engaged but feeling a little bit peripheral but there's always something that you can do isn't there and there's and I think and I always am just like trying to say to like friends that are kind of maybe going into that zone like look like it's not really about like you know you and you need to sort of find a way to and and actually just in terms of connection with your kids it's just yeah. really good to find a way to to have those moments or have yeah. those little kind of like special things that are that are just yours rather than just kind of waiting to be that's, called that's into such good advice though that critical because it's that there will there's stuff you can do even though you might not be able to physically mm. feed them with your body. Yeah, yeah. There's always yeah. a wash to put out. There's always a wash yeah, to put on. There's yeah, always a yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. quite often I've see as well with friends that I've known where the the bloke might sit around and go, well, what what do you want me to do? It's like no, no, yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. There's, you've just got to you've got to find it and yeah, do it. yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess again, this is very sort of case by case, isn't it? Like some people's. Mm relationships are very um people have their zones and like yeah, encroachment on them like yeah. yeah like sometimes like um seeding power and sort of like letting go in some ways and I think that that's that's also something that I see when kids get to school age and, and you know and it becomes that kind of oh no where is this or oh no we do it this way or this is how the lunch is made or whatever like yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. kind of you, it, it the responsibilities on both sides isn't it yeah like, you know kind of those whichever parent it happens to be the one that's possibly 
most involved needs to relinquish a little bit and the Definitely. one that's on the other side needs to kind of just you know step grab up. the ball by the horns and step up and yeah get a bit more involved what did you because you did an article on sharing things this is a while yeah. ago but so you yeah. went well you did two you did sharing and also you did the swedish model yes you yeah yeah son, yeah your eldest over to sweden yeah yeah so i took dylan to to sweden um to stockholm and this was just as the um yeah, the the law change on on shared leave was kind of coming yeah. in. Um, yeah, moving towards a Scandinavian style model, and I kind of, it was a really fun thing to do. I I just I it was really like gung ho because like Dylan was quite little. I'm trying to think, was he like two maybe or I maybe think like just about article, turned he three? Was a, he was about two, yeah. Yeah, and teeny tiny, and like the backdrop to that article was like absolutely disastrous. Like oh, neither yeah. of us really slept. We were just like raggedly <laughs> tired and sort of, but it was such a fun thing to do and such a special thing to do and get to write about. And it was great to meet these um, these Swedish men who, these Swedish parents that are like dads who, you know, had taken, you know, six months more out of work at a time when that was especially like unthinkable yeah. in, in, in the context of like British society. And, and what was really striking, I remember, was that because generationally it had been instilled in them, like, you know, obviously a lot of them talked about the fact that when these, these kind of rules were first being introduced or promoted in the kind of seventies, maybe like there was some pushback, a kind of like macho, you know, mm. pushback. But I think just the insistence of the government and the way that they kept being um, creative in terms of, oh, you'll lose these incentives, you'll, you know, you get this. And kind of, I think it was just like social conditioning, really, mm. to the point where I was meeting these Swedish dads and they just, and, you know, I was there trying to write my article about these incredible sort of, um, um, you know, highly evolved, amazing, like, yeah. yeah, like Norse gods that they were in terms <laughs> of like, you know, the sexual revolution and gender balance and stuff. But they just didn't see it as a big deal. They kind of just saw it as 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 just what you did as what was expected of them and God, i guess that so is kind of the battle because like, there were they more just people really... around them doing it right yeah yeah i think so i think it was just it was just so commonplace that they just didn't really they just didn't really see it as that as that mm. big a deal um and a, another thing that i've definitely recognized which may seem a little bit ridiculous and pathetic is that men they can just feel really isolated like kind of like they're, they're sort of left out and like no one really like I was speaking to like a dad recently and yeah he's he's quite often at the school gates and does a lot of the pickup and stuff because I think his partner works um full time and he was just talking about that kind of feeling a bit invisible like and I definitely recognize right. that and I think maybe again it probably comes both ways like I feel like there's probably I probably keep it moving a little bit more at the school gates and I'm not sort of hanging out to chat but I think yeah. there is definitely that sense of um of yeah feeling a little bit out on your own People and that probably yeah and that probably also comes from from men not being able to like find each other in in the same way mm. like literally this weekend is probably like a case in point like uh, madly my wife was away um on a sort of like lovely girls weekend away and um we didn't really we didn't really like meet up with anyone like previously I've met up with other friends and like other dads maybe and I've gone oh let's take the kids somewhere else and I've probably mm. done that but I think maybe there is like a bit of a survival mode for a lot of like uh, for a lot of men like kind of when you know when they're kind of 
yeah when they're when they're looking after their kids in that way like they kind of maybe maybe don't do the legwork socially in that way and so mm. and so probably are feeling a little bit more isolated than than what than what they let on or what we see kind of publicly or in there or in the, yeah. I think it's so it's so complicated. Like I think mm. a lot of the conversations I've had with mostly women and then we've got a few men mm. coming up, that the we all have learned so much from what's been what society has shown us, what our parents have shown us, that mm. all these roles. And then we're trying to do it so differently. Like you yeah, can't underestimate yeah. how differently it is, but we don't know how. We've got no idea. There was there was a line in your article where you said, um, where is it? You said Despite the, you've got a theory that despite the difficulties of balancing work and home with a new baby, if you compare it to the, if you compare the home to the office job where you get to go, you know, on your journey on your own, mm. you have lunch on your own, that men have a pretty good racket going on. And I thought that was really interesting because it's like, it's that kind of idea of male privilege, which, and it doesn't mean that all the men doing it are shits, but it's like, well, what, you know, I've got friends who's, who will say well, their partner will say well I, I can't do the job off a pickup because I'm my you know my work won't let me it's like but have you really asked because yeah, actually yeah 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 it's yeah. easier not to isn't it it's yeah. easier to have a row with your partner because because she's trying to challenge the status quo whereas yeah, you're like well yeah. this is what men do we, we go <laughs> yeah. to work and it's so yeah. loaded like yeah no completely and I feel like I, I definitely had that sense of benefiting from that you know even something as as little as I've got to be out of the door in the morning at mm. this time like quite often when especially when Dylan was was little oh, like kept leaving know. this chaos yeah and the, yeah the wailing you'd be able to like hear it from the street oh, but you're like I've got yeah. to go because I've got yeah, to get this yeah. train and it was still a horrible wrench and I felt really bad and like I, I wished that I didn't have to but yeah. I probably I probably did even sense that okay well that demand on me that I have to be in this place at this time because I'm the one who isn't going to stop working yeah that does kind of insulate it insulate you from a lot of it in a way and you've yeah. you've obviously got stresses and you've got you know the you know pressures of of of, of finances and yeah. providing professional pressures and stuff but obviously you know women are feeling that just as well your partner is feeling that just as yeah. well but they're just kind of you know in this in this zone of kind of like being like marooned and stuck at home and it is and it is funny I think like maybe like Madeline is you know took I, I knew all this but she's kind of talking about it a, a lot more and I'm kind of getting more of a sense of how right. of, yeah how difficult it was like that period and yeah I, I mean yeah I, I do think that there is that thing of you can benefit from something from a system without necessarily agreeing with it yeah. and feeling that you kind of, you know, ideologically sit outside it, but you just, you just benefit from it. It's, it's harder work. Just, to try. Yeah, we, yeah. We've been talking yeah. about it quite a lot, Doug and I, and we've, we've like read, like reading some books, listening to some podcasts and we mm. had a really honest conversation. It was like, it, mm. my life is harder yeah making us more equal like it yeah, and if yeah, i continue yeah. to do that which makes yeah. you happier makes us happier like yeah, the long yeah. the long term gain is a bit that i think that when you look at like suicide rates and depression in men you know in their 40s and yeah. all that yeah. whatever we're doing now isn't working yeah like yeah the longer term yeah. if you could have happiness and equality more yeah yeah perhaps yeah. you'd get to 
you'd get yeah. to that. But it's, yeah. it's a big step now, isn't it? Yeah, there's so much that it feels, I know that there's so many far better informed and smarter people than me kind of working on a lot of this stuff, but it just feels like there's so much um, that needs to change, like in work and the home and kind of how parents are supported. And mm. I'm really interested to see if there will be any like lasting changes, because I know that, that the government for various reasons are you know, really pushing hard on people, you know, ditching hybrid working and returning to the office and, you know, getting back into cities and stuff. But, you know, company by company, I know a lot of people that it's very much still, they're working a bit from home, they're mm. in sometimes, like kind of, and I wonder if that will... We've had a taste of it. move like, the dial a little bit. Yeah, I think there's definitely... I, I, I work quite a bit from home. I've got a warehouse mm. in Gloucestershire, so I go back and forth mm. there. And yeah. I... I, it is good to get out of the house. Like yeah, that idea yeah, of just yeah, being home yeah. all the time is not good, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Crackle. Doing everything in one room. And I think yeah. actually, yeah. you know, that weird sense of being, you know, carrying on and being really like connected and yeah. all delivery apps at the at the tap of you know, yeah. tap of a finger or whatever. But but just kind of being weirdly isolated and like, yeah, um, yeah not being out in the world as well. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that it's, it's mm. going to be... There's something to be said for. for it's gonna. There's a fallout. Out. There's a long. Yeah, fallout, yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. not there yet. We don't know what's. Gonna I know. I know. I, it's a little bit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
frightening. Your um, your lovely mum who, mm. so she was in one of our Don't Buy Her Flowers ads. Oh Christmas God, ads. yes, yeah, she, yeah, she amazing. She's brilliant. But yeah. you wrote about her trying to teach you across over Zoom. Yes, how yeah. Because you missed <laughs> and, and well, and you did loads of leftovers and food. Yeah, and yeah. No, it was some um, food. Um, as you'd imagine, sort of big um, Nigerian heritage family was like a big part of, it's a big part of life anyway, but it was a big part of kind of um, how we sort of kept each other going, communicated, like, you know, my mum would cook up a bit, cook up a big batch of food and we'd all kind of disperse it among ourselves. And yeah, I wrote about, um, because she would look after my my kids on Tuesdays. It was Grandma Tuesdays, like after school. Mm. And she'd look after Remy all day, pick up Dylan from school. And like, it was amazing. As I wrote in the article, like I'd be, I'd come home and the house would just like smell like my childhood home. Mm. Like my mum would be, you know, frying plantain, cooking jollof rice, like kind of making about seven separate dinners because like <laughs> the kids didn't like one certain thing. Right. Like she's so, she, she's such a funny Kate, mix to them yeah she's such she a funny mix of being like really tough yeah 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 and very like formidable but also like massively pandering and yeah yeah so she was teaching me those those recipes over zoom and I was kind of attempting them and my brothers were as well and it was this real you know not just kind of family connection but cultural connection as well and it was such a yeah it was, you know it was a scary kind of a reminder of oh god like when we're not all around say and kind of that link like my mum is such a big part of that link between um the rest of us and this whole history and culture and these traditions and and like particularly her grandkids like you know my my kids generation um yeah and so it was really nice to kind of to write that and to and yeah we definitely felt it and you know I remember going to get her like produce like when she was isolating and delivering it to her and stuff like that and it was kind of it became the focus and the way that we kind of like kept each other going and that sort of that sense of being looked after kind of from a distance like a remove was was something that I know a lot of people have had various versions of and people always say like you know you know just just show up with with things like you know if people rather than asking it kind of goes back to that thing of the of the dads doesn't it like it's like Mm. rather than asking what you should do like you know do something do Mm. a kind of like helpful thing like you know put the put the lasagna on the doorstep or whatever for the person that's isolating And, and it seemed like it was it was really universal but there was that specific note of you know this is it's it's a funny thing I think when you're kind of um when you're sort of of two cultures and two heritages like you know born in this country but grown up in a very heavily you know black African West African Nigerian environment mm-hmm. um you sort of feel like uh, for a moment you'll swing one way and you're like oh yeah no I identify with this with being from southeast London and these are the things and my friends and whatever and then you just have this unbelievable yearning for for yeah the the languages the sounds the smells you know everything that you grew up around and everything Mm. that you just kind of have this real deep profound connection to so yeah it was really lovely to to make to make uh, my poor attempts at my mum's jollof and just be like roundly roundly destroyed by my kids who were like you know yeah it's it's a, it was like the tables had turned like uh, on on the 
on the master chef um uh, yeah. judge they were like you know giving me like a you know <laughs> emperor's thumbs down yeah. on my <laughs> chill off because it wasn't as good as grandma's it's not brutal i don't remember like critiquing my pet my no, mother's cooking no no my, absolutely mine were like, not, like well no. that bit was a bit dry and this is just, what yeah, like, yeah 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 and I, I feel like this is the thing that i'm that i'm talking to a lot of people about and really feeling at the moment and you touched on it when you said about um you know, there's the way you were raised and the way that you're trying to raise your children. And quite mm. often there are stark differences and mm-hmm. you've kind of, you, you know, you're, you're almost like voting on your childhood in this weird way. And you're sort yeah. of like, this is what I'm going to do differently. But I, I find that increasingly and like, you know, things will probably settle down now, but just in terms of like, you know, <laughs> you find that you sort of miss your sort of like the 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 respectful uh, discipline that you sometimes had like when you were growing up yeah you, you can just feel a little bit like um yeah like you don't really recognize that form of of behavior towards your parents but no. then it's natural because that's the way you've raised them and this is kind of you can't you can't really have it both ways can it's, you what we my husband and the two of the older two were away on rugby tour oh wow weekend, so I was on my own and then they came back last night and they're broken. Like no one, they were all sleeping in dorms. They'd eaten shite. One of them didn't clean their teeth for 48 hours, which I, oh, can't, I can't get over. And by last night, by half seven, I was like, right, everyone's going to bed. And they were, they were just so cross and everyone was crying. The young one was crying because everyone's come home and it's normal. All three were crying. And I was just like, chaos. But I was just saying yeah. before that, I was just saying to producer B that I, this morning when they came down and I said to my son so do you feel better now for having that long sleep and she was like you didn't that's such a mum thing to say and he just was like well I could have stayed up a bit later it was, just, it was so weird especially that when they're heading yeah. that teenage bit you're just like I, I feel like I've only just come out of that and I'm clearly I'm 41 it's quite a long time ago it feels very fresh like in a way that I don't feel like when my mum and dad were 41 feel like they were way out of that um, yeah 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 I know what you mean yeah there's, there's probably a close no there probably is like a closing of the gap and a bit yeah more of like like cultural crossover and stuff like that like Dylan Errol this is like very into video games and so it is strange that he's very into these video games that like I was you playing know. as yeah. like a child and so yeah, I know yeah. about and he's a bit sort of like you know surprised when I kind of yeah. know things yeah. like and music yeah. is the same as well. Yeah, so yeah, completely. Music. Where do you know? It'll be usually it's from bloody TikTok or um, <laughs> um, PS4. There's like a Fortnite or something. They play the songs. He'll be doing a, like humming a riff. I'm like, that's not even the 80s. How do you? Yeah. So yeah. weird. It's yeah. so weird. But no, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I suppose it's that strange thing that you, and I think it's good to actually have conversations about this, like, mm. like, what are we doing? Like, how are we kind of parenting? How are we going to kind of, what's, what's our stance on this thing? Like, I think there's a lot of things that you suddenly realise, like, yeah. you know, you can be in a really close long-term relationship with someone, have kids with them. And, and, you know, I feel pretty fortunate that, that Mads and I, there's, there's, general sort of overlap in yeah. terms of you know and we agree and we discuss things but I can imagine there's be like huge divergence in like how you react to something yeah. or what's thrown at you and you know what you know hopefully you know if there are issues at school or things that you need to deal with I think it's um yeah like just constantly checking in because I think for so much of it 
is that no one really sits you down and tells you, oh yeah, this is what you do or, or they kind of do. And I just remember from my, from my childhood, like, you know, we had a lot of, I th- I'd say that we probably had like a, like long leash, like, but like more from necessity than anything else. Cause my mum worked a lot, like, you know, she worked in the, in the city for not in the city in London for the Commonwealth um, secretariat so she worked there and you know she had second jobs she had like night jobs like for a while just to sort of try and make ends meet and so we were just left to our own devices like yeah. and I've been writing about this a little bit um, in my book which you know has elements of memoir and I do remember that there was a lot of a lot of it was just kind of modeled sort of behavior like this is how you act this is kind of what's expected of you but, you know, there wasn't too much of the sitting down and this is kind talking. of, you know, yeah, yeah, or talking about your problems. And I think actually, you know, I talked to like my cousins, I talked to my brothers and stuff. And I think there's a real generation and, you know, particularly I'd say within like my culture of people just not really talking about things like, you know, things that have happened to you, like things that are kind of maybe traumatic, whether to do with like issues of racism or mm or things you've encountered or encountered with police or whatever. And you just, in the people that I've spoken to throughout the course of doing this book, there are so many people that say, they just didn't want to say to their parents because there was this kind of, there was this kind of barrier like that was like necessary, but but kind of, they just didn't really want to kind of talk about that stuff. And they mm. sort of, and you almost end up with two versions of yourself kind of thing and sort yeah. of like, which which has its own issues. And I think probably everyone, you know has a degree of that don't they where mm. they're kind of you're one person at school and out in the world and another person kind of at home and so mm. yeah that can that can bring its own confusions and difficulties yeah but that must have been hardcore for your mum like mm. work, working yeah really yeah 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 with three yeah with three kids she three must boys, be very yeah. proud of you all now yeah oh she's immensely proud she's immensely proud but I do massively credit her with with you know with with who we are and kind of who I am and being on this kind of being on this path and doing this work and stuff it was just uh, you know I don't know exactly what she did but she definitely did something right in terms <laughs> of like how how we were raised and and how we kind of treated people and yeah. kind of in terms of um being yeah being sort of very focused on school and education and yeah like my mum now you know she's like I don't understand half the words you say in your articles and your columns like she's like I just all those words you use I don't know where they come from but I think oh it's brilliant you know, it's so poetic I love I oh, love thank you. some of your reviews but it but it was you know I, I do think it you know it is even though maybe indirectly but it is you know it's her like she really kind of mm. she had she had like really sort of high expectations of us and I think Mm. we just kind of absorbed that and just so like expected a bit more for ourselves which is not to say that we're in any sense perfect or whatever but I just feel like that is the thing that I think that's a big I'm really grateful for yeah I've seen it with friends like where Mm. the difference of friends whose parents had no expectation yeah and the ones who did and some of them have actually ended up kind of finding that expectation later in life where they've realized that they're actually really good at something but there's a bit of like well I, I could have been doing this for years and I no one believed in me or kind of pushed me or yeah and yeah and also that kind of like non-nuclear family which I mm. think is like really interesting and I think you know again like as 
as as families naturally like you know people separate or you know other 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 situations arise or, or you know that families change shape like mm. maybe and I see that happen with like friends and people that I know but like you know like my my eldest brother Ray was was almost more like between brother and parent in some ways mm. and dad because he was that kind of you know father figure in some ways in that he would like come and watch my football games and things like that and then you know my mum's there and she's kind of both as well Mm. like it's it's uh, I I think uh, I've always I've always thought actually that like you know obviously there's there's a lot there's a lot that you probably miss out on in terms of not having like a male role model that's kind of like there when you're growing up but I actually feel like maybe some of the stuff that I missed out on, it's not that bad that I missed out on it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I didn't have that, like, this is how to be a man and this is what's expected of you. I didn't sort of have any of that kind of like wrongheadedness or well what I would call wrongheadedness now yeah, yeah, but yeah. like that misguided kind of like here's what you need to do and I had little flickers of it from like uncles and maybe like other people and things like that and I just kind of it, it's never been the sort of thing that I would like respond to and I think you know a lot you know it was it was this kind of like mostly this kind of matriarchy really that yeah. I was raised in but and then you've mentioned that 2020 and 2021 in mm. loads of ways were utterly shite for lots of people but yeah career-wise you've loads of things have happened for you yeah that have obviously yeah. been building I think with the um of the chief restaurant critic role at mm. standard you said oh, this is a job I've been preparing for almost all my life yeah 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 but that must have felt great but yeah no it did yeah it felt surreal it felt weird I think you know like everyone the initial reaction was just kind of like panic like particularly um writing about restaurants when restaurants were like indefinitely closed um but I think the thing that like uh had me in good stead was that you know, food has come to the fore in recent years, but I've always written about various things, like, you know, like the, the as the Swedish parenting mm. um, feature showed. So I always had like a real broad um, range of like contacts and interests and, you know, in music and film and TV and other parts of the arts and things like that. So kind of, and, and there was other stuff to write about food that wasn't related to restaurants. And I think, I think it was a couple of things. I think that that obviously things were kind of starting to happen from kind of 2018 onwards from the time I became the restaurant critic for ES magazine before yeah. I moved over to the paper in early 2020, um, early 2021, sorry. Um, and uh, things were starting to happen. But I think also just that kind of terror of those early months and being like, what, what the hell am I going to do? Mm in 2020 I did just like really kick things into gear and um the book uh Settlers was kind of in discussion it hadn't yet been commissioned but then it got commissioned that summer um the you know I wrote for GQ for the first time I wrote a John Boyega piece that went crazy like went Mm. everywhere I um yeah I wrote that piece for the Guardian and it was just kind of like um momentum really well in the the I wanted to ask you about so with the um, great cookbook challenge. Yes, because the winner Dominique yes. has weed stock um, a couple yeah. of her products. And yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, it's so, really cool. Yeah, so actually Dominique um, gave me some of the uh, 
Wolf's Kitchen, is it? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, her products. And yeah, they were really good, like the nuts and, and everything. And I really guess um, Dominique uh, is just clearly such a driven person. I didn't realise it was a relatively new business. So that was a kind of lockdown business. And it mm. was and it was actually a running theme from a lot of the contestants um, on the Great Cookbook Challenge that they had a little bit of a passion for food or they'd had a long-standing ambition. But a lot of them, their kind of, uh, their cookbook ideas and, and their sense that it was something they wanted to do had really been crystallised by the pandemic. Right. Cooking at home, experimenting. Having that time, kind of feeling. probably. That having time, time yeah. Having that too. space, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, we talk about, the ways in which you know the huge kind of social shifts and changes are going to manifest it probably is a lot of it is that kind of that personal kind of you know retraining you know Mm. businesses kind of you know industries kind of collapsing and people thinking oh do you know what actually I don't want to do that anymore it's something that's been an issue in in the hospitality sector because they're still struggling to get staff not just because of Brexit but because I think a lot of people took a look at these quite difficult um you know long hours difficult lives that mm-hmm. they had and jobs that they weren't necessarily maybe enjoying you know there's also the tug of like connection to to family wherever they may be in the world and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people it just kind of it was this kind of penny dropping thing I think people went one of two ways you either were like like we were really lucky at don't buy her flowers mm. and it went off yeah as, as yeah yeah it was as kind of lockdowns were announced yeah because it's so the kind we of business that people are kind of looking basically for. founding now yeah so it was kind yeah. of like you know so we like, were like but my focus was on work and it was really busy whereas I mm. think some people had that at the beginning uh, and then some people were like cracked at the beginning and were just like oh god this is going to be terrible and everyone kind of had their moment basically at some point it could have been early on it could have been late but <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Gonna... yeah but, but the with the tv stuff mm. do you, i want to know <laughs> this is, how many meals do you have to eat so if it's a three-course meal yeah so say you're doing the judging on master chef which yes, is an amazing yeah. gig. Like that is such mm. a cool thing to be doing. It is always good fun as well. How, it's good fun to do. How much do they space it out? And do you eat the whole plate? Um don't always eat the whole plate, but here's the thing. Sometimes you like there's a real delay before like the first one comes out. Right. And so you know, whether you've been sitting there for a while and you've been filming kind of like, I don't know, the walk-in shot, or you've been doing to camera pieces about what you're expecting for the day yeah sometimes you can just be like absolutely starving by the time <laughs> something comes and if it's good you'll absolutely demolish it yeah. yeah and then by the time like you know the the eighth course of the day yeah. rolls around you've gone too big too early and you've kind of pace barely yourself. got time for it yeah so yeah I, I think you do need to pace yourself uh it's advice that I that I sort of try try to remember but don't always take like you know to just have a little bit and sort of (laughs) yeah keep in mind that there's going to be like you know four more of these but I think it's always a a mark of a really good dish when you know even though you know it's possibly going to ruin you for for the rest for the rest of the day you know quite often you know I'm coming back from those um you know almost have to be like rolled into a car yeah. and sort of driven home and I'm almost like no it's like a tonight. sort of Christmas day levels yeah, of yeah. like biliousness but oh, um no. it is really good fun yeah it's, it's kind of yeah feel it can feel a bit like um it can feel like a wedding dinner sometimes or something because obviously the other critics um 
you know, I see them now and again, but that is kind of the only time we see each other. Yeah, and no. it's that strange thing of, of uh, people that, that you're professionally maybe a little bit circumspect around it because you're each kind of like doing your own thing, but it's really fun to be together because they kind of get it as well. They understand it. You're talking about the restaurants you've been yeah, to. There's yeah. a lot of hail of gossip. Well, the industry like must be actually quite small, right? So yeah, who's yeah. doing your job and then also. Yeah. 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 And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in so many ways, the kind of new kid on the block yeah. in, in some ways, because you know, there's no, it's, you know, <laughs> I think, I think like as people have joked in the past, like these are the jobs that, you know, someone has to die basically for there to be like a bit of movement. Before they move in on, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, before, yeah, it's kind of, you know, they're jobs that, that, you know, in, in the traditional sense and, and to their detriment, to be honest, like have, have quite often just been, these kind of permanent fixtures where mm-hmm. people are just kind of like barnacle to the position. So I still do feel that kind of like new kid thing. And do your friends and family fight over who get? do you, do you get to take someone with you most of the time when you're going out? Yeah, most of the time I do. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go on my own, just kind of convenience or, and here's the secret. It's harder than you think to find people to like go with you. Really? I'm sure that will have like people screaming, saying like, yeah, yeah. "Oh, come!" But um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, weirdly, I don't know. Maybe like early, early on, my friends and family were like really excited about it, <laughs> and they still are a little bit. But it's not got the same sort of you know pull that it once had. Where I'm like, "Oh, does anyone fancy this restaurant?" Yeah. And, and obviously, I have to go so frequently. And because so, you've got yeah. you've got a review every week, right? Yeah, yeah, and so and. And one thing that Faye Masley used to do that I've tried to do, it's not always possible, but I've tried to do is go more than once as well, just to kind of, you know, if uh, possible, yeah. if possible, see a restaurant in the daytime and see it in the I evening. Suppose especially when, because there are staffing issues and stuff. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you can have an absolute shocker yeah, and yeah. sometimes it can be... It can be better. Sometimes you go there, it's bad, and then you go again and it's just as bad. Like kind of it's <laughs> um yeah, so so I do try to do that. And so yeah, I'm I'm going at least, you know, a couple of times a week, two or three times a week. And do people do restaurants know you're coming? Do they recognise you and know it's they you? don't know in advance, hopefully. Right. Um, although you know, sometimes I think word will get out and you know, restaurants have like online booking systems now where I think if you were so inclined, you could yeah. probably check and yeah. dig in. They've probably there's probably some algorithm, algorithmic trail or something. Or yes. um, there's all sorts of rumours about them sort of tipping people off. But but that's fine. I I, I genuinely um, I think as I'm not anonymous and increasingly getting less and less anonymous, it kind of you know it starts to feel a bit absurd. Really, the whole kind of um, pageantry and mm. cloak and dagger mm. of it, like. I, I like it to be that they don't know that I'm coming. So sometimes I won't necessarily book. If I think there's somewhere that I can just like slip in kind of on a walk-in, yeah. I'll just show up. Um, and generally, I think they don't know until I arrive. But, you know, um, yeah, it can be a battle sometimes just to kind of, just to get the uh, non-preferential treatment. You'd be surprised though. I think sometimes places are so busy you know, there's all these stories of, you know, they've got pictures of critics kind of in the staff room, like, you know, possibly on a dartboard, mm-hmm. um, uh, like at restaurants. But 
you you'd be surprised like quite often I will go in and just because it's a busy service and you know a certain person or a manager isn't on the floor like they don't know who I am like no one really kind of knows who I am like I think you can you can still catch them it's getting kind of rarer and rarer but you can still occasionally kind of go relatively undercover but I I just don't think you know because you know in like the US like you know there's anonymous food critics and they kind of you know they go out in like you know wigs and like sunglasses and stuff and like you know sort of disguises and it's this real dance of kind of you know you know um credit cards in different names and all oh this God. stuff and this kind of spy act oh like, that would have made it more fun though you should have done yeah that. yeah I mean Imagine. you know yeah there's an element of that but then equally I just feel like <laughs> wow it's quite high stakes for what is ultimately just sort of writing about your dinner kind of thing like it's quite yeah but, and I've interviewed loads of women who've all talked about this like feeling of overwhelm and spinning plates and all that mm. stuff so, so mm. it sounds as if that you something that you do feel, like how does it feel when you're when you're in that zone and how what do you do to kind of try and mitigate it yeah massively um yeah no I I definitely and that was the kind of the flip side of of having such a such a kind of professionally fantastic like a a period that was so like great professionally but but was really intense and um you know, going from one thing to to another, and it really did feel like everything was happening at once. Whether it was, you know, doing Waitrose podcast that I hosted and really loved hosting, but mm. I had to kind of um, step away from because of the book getting offered. Is that because there was so much going on? You had to go. I can't mm. do this. One. Yeah, yeah. So that's an example. I think yeah. where I just had to be honest, and I just kind of I could see that other work and everything else was going to like suffer and I just you know I just wasn't going to be able to write this book to the best of my ability unless I kind of stepped away from something and it was a really it was a really difficult decision because I really enjoyed it it was a great it was a great thing to do it was a great job speaking to like amazing people Mm. Andy Oliver Heston Blumenthal um yeah all sorts really um but yeah I, I I think in a weird way you know it's that thing of if I uh, I, I stepped back from that but then you know round the corner the cookbook challenge thing came and so it's that strange thing of I think sometimes you don't really know and I think it's just good to like try to like manage workload and sanity and um, yeah like from my point of view I, I, I do occasionally have that feeling of just like lurching from one thing to the next yeah. and maybe being spread a little bit too thin and I think it's not just work it's like family responsibilities like kind of oh you know I've got to go to this thing oh I need to see my mum it's been a little while since I've seen her oh I've got this thing that a friend needs me to show up for like oh the kids need this doing like you know there is a lot of that Mm. there is a lot of that pressure and I imagine that it's that it's something that a lot of people feel generally I kind of need to just like uh, take a pause and like do some exercise or something or do yeah. something like that's away from it all and like fun I think you can just um get so just sucked into like you know always being on and your phone and email and yeah. always being contactable and stuff and as success well. like, means that we just keep building up and up and up and it's like well actually success might be just put this like and I think actually success in in various fields can can bring kind of like comparison and like 
oh no, like I've got to do what this person's doing or whatever. And and if you reach a high point, like, you know, I won like a couple of awards mm. last year yeah. and then you're like, oh wow, the only way's down from there really. Like unless you kind of, unless you sort of like, you know, win, win them again. Like, but, but, I, but I feel actually that, I don't know, I, I feel just like really contented. Like it's already in terms of like accolades and things like that. I never thought I'd, you know, in the time when I was like a a lifestyle journalist, like a features journalist, Mm. you know, I'd I'd, I'd really desperately crave that stuff and crave like awards and things like that. And I was never really in the frame for them. And I think having come through to entering like the world of food writing and food media, and obviously that stuff's happened, uh, it's just really nice, but I don't, I hopefully don't, I maybe have to remind myself, you don't put too much stock in it because really I feel like I, I feel like I remember and recognize the flip side where you feel like you're still doing good work, but you're not necessarily being recognized for it yeah. in the same way. Yeah, yeah. You're not getting the recognition, but that doesn't make the work any less. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think I'm just kind of trying to have those conversations with myself and think about what it is that I really want to do what is what is too much in terms of a time investment what's going to kind of impinge on on like my happiness on my family's happiness on like you know I've got loads of loads of things that that I'd like to do I just kind of want to make sure that I do them in the right way and at the Mm. right pace that's definitely something that I've kind of come out of this period feeling that I just kind of want to make sure that I don't sort of, you know, well, absolutely everything destroy else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the process. Yourself and your family, yeah, it's all, yeah. It all has to be considered, doesn't it? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, it's yeah. exciting. Well, I'm excited for you with the book. Stuff. Oh, good. thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, it's, yeah, it's at that point now where it was kind of like people were almost like wincing as they said it. Like, <laughs> How's the book? Because it was this thing that was like really, you know, taking a lot out of me. But yeah, I'm, I'm at that point now where it is, you know, exists I'm really proud of it I think it's um obviously it's specifically about you know the the culture that I grew up in but I think there's there's parallels and it's about you know you know if you've been to a city like London or to the UK you know that there's there's all sorts of stories like overlaying each other like immigrant stories whether it's like Irish community Jewish community and I feel like it's a yeah it's a story about that really and about kind of the different ways that that a specific group has kind of tried to thrive tried to prosper tried to kind of escape some of the uh, the um the 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 circumstances that were kind of set for them and uh, how that where that might lead in the future and where my story fits into that and uh, yes it's good fun as well awesome thank you so much jimmy no worries at all thanks there I loved speaking with Jimmy. I'm finding it so interesting to talk to some men for the podcast, actually, and be able to talk quite honestly about the challenges of having kids, trying to juggle this rush hour with work and family. It's also quite heartening to speak to men who've got some views on how fatherhood has changed. So it doesn't feel like it's just women sitting here thinking, God, this is tough. How do we navigate this? Um, massive thanks to Jimmy for being really open. We have Matt Coyne, aka Man vs. Baby, coming up in our next episode. And if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get a ping when that goes live. Um, also, if you're enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you could leave a review 
uh, and rate the podcast. We've had so much feedback in particular on the sex and the relationship episode and it's just lovely to receive it. I think otherwise you could feel like you're just speaking to <laughs> I don't know, my cats who are watching me as I speak now. Um, right, I'm going to get back to my gin and tonic. There it is. It's a bit empty. Um, but thank you. I hope you have a lovely Jubilee weekend if you're still in the Jubilee weekend and just a lovely week. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.